Hi, welcome to this week's podcast of Med Family. I'm your host, Eric Acker. Uh, this week, not alone, but uh, not together <laughs> with Karen Acker. Hey, guys. Lovely wife. She does exist. She's not dead. She hasn't divorced me yet. So, Yeah. <laughs> we figured out how to, how to record from two different places. So, Yeah, it's not uh, probably not going to be about issues or problems, but here we are. We have been trying to make this thing work for the last five weeks now. <laughs> um, rotations with, uh, so we did the internal medicine uh, sub I rotation in Northeast Georgia, and Karen has been brave, slaving away, keeping the kids alive, and keeping the family going. Uh, I know that can't be particularly easy. <laughs> We're making through. The kids are adjusting, and so this next four weeks hopefully is going to be a little bit better um but i don't know if eric really likes hearing that the kids are adjusting to him not being around as often <laughs> i don't know but, I, I, it's, it's hard because I, I do miss them and i want them to miss me as a little bit as well because you know hey i am a part of their life but at the same time i don't want your life to be terrible <laughs> <laughs> well they still so. say they miss you almost every day but at least they're not having their um acting out phases as much yeah. so that's yeah, we nice. should probably catch up a little bit here because I, I i think it's been a little over well, two weeks now since we've done a, an episode uh so last week we did not do an episode and karen i think posted on instagram the straightforward we're not going to i think i was talk, talking to her and saying oh no we i might be able to squeeze in an episode in on Thursday or Friday and and Karen was like no you're not going to have time so I'm just going to say no episodes this week see you next week so Karen was right I was wrong Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well it just didn't make sense you had a long call day and then you had um, your last day and you had dinner planned and then um, you were going to be driving home to wash everything, repack, and then leave the next yeah. day. So <laughs> it's just like it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that did not happen. Uh, what did we do last week? So we, like Karen said, we, we had a long call uh, for internal medicine. We took on, I think, three new patients that night. And it's it's been a, been a lot going on in this last week, so it's kind of all a bit of a blur. Uh Especially that last week of internal medicine, it was definitely running on fumes with no sleep and trying to make it through with insane amounts of caffeine. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think I've ever drank so much caffeine. Like there was like five hour energy drinks. There was just Vitae Starbucks cups. There were uh, cold brews. There were, I mean, coffee from the doctor's lounge. Like there was a lot of caffeine going on. It was, it was, it was, it was a lot of hours. So just to try to stay awake for most of the day and get through what we had to get through and try not to fall asleep during morning report or didactics, which is usually, was like just generally a failure on my part. Like I just could not pull it together. You just know that, that feeling when you're sitting there in a room and there's only like a dozen of you, maybe two dozen and someone's talking and you're like every every ounce of your energy is put into 
trying to appear awake. Like you're not processing anything that's being said in front of you. Just like, dear God, please, please don't fall asleep. Please don't fall asleep. Please don't. <laughs> um, I think, I think the uh, Wednesday, the guy who was doing the morning report, uh, he was a GI attending, I think, for the program, and he noticed that I was nodding off, and so he had asked me a couple times to read questions on the board and give me give him input on what I thought was important out of the questions down and just like oh my gosh I, <laughs> just it, it does wake you up <laughs> uh, it was uh, I think all in all it was a great rotation it was I think good to, to see that side of the internal medicine realm and See, I know it's just one aspect of internal medicine as a residency, um, just a lot of hours, a lot of work, but I did appreciate seeing that. I know that there's going to be like nephrology rotations, gastroenterology rotations that are probably going to be less work, but I think it's good to kind of see the the hard, large um, amounts of hours that you put into it just so you're not... Uh, caught off guard when you do actually get into residency yeah um, so so yeah like karen was saying we kind of finished last week on fumes i had uh, finally my friend seth elu who we've had on the podcast we finally met up and had dinner karen got our car seat for the baby and <laughs> um so we got the chat me and to seth elu had to, to chat a lot and um there's a lot of just kind of just talking things over and just about the, the process of med school and he's cause he's now a, an intern in the emergency medicine program and they, their lifestyle versus ours, you know, in internal medicine was like night and day. Like I think they had, Oh gosh, what was like, I think internal medicine had like four days off in a month. They had like 10. <laughs> so they, they had quite a few extra days off. Um, I was a little jealous of that to be honest. <laughs> but I think the one thing that we talked about that I know we've talked about I think on the podcast before was just the notion of being aware that everything that you do in med school has to be explained at residency or before you get into residency. So any absences leaves, you know, extra time that you took to get through something that's going to have to be explained. And that was something that I, I don't think it was really impressed upon me in year one and year two. Uh, and then by, you know, by, by the grace of God and by Karen's uh, willingness to sacrifice me being around very often for the first couple of years of medical school, we got through it without having to repeat any classes. I think that was a huge blessing. Uh, looking back at it now, and talking to interns and talking to people who've gone through the match last cycle, it's such a huge blessing to not have to have repeated anything, not have to, because uh, things, you know, life happens, things happen. People definitely have stumbling blocks here and there, but, and it doesn't mean just because you did stumble, you can't make it. It just means you're going to have to try a little extra hard on certain things. Um, but that was something I, I, I don't think it was really stressed to me at the beginning of medical school. I think certainly it was important to pass classes, and that was a kind of a personal pride thing, and your advisors were definitely trying to push you towards passing classes. Uh, but it, 
never really was like mentioned like, hey, by the way, if you don't pass this class, uh, you're going to have to explain this when you go to match for residency and the residency program directors are going to look at these and see red flags. And it's just one more excuse for them not to pick you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there are valid excuses. There are valid excuses out there, but like, I don't know. Sometimes I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to get too far into the weeds mm-hmm. on that because <laughs> you can go down some rabbit holes and we don't really want to do, but yeah. there's some definitely some valid reasons. Yeah. So not passing classes and then also like the shelf, the, sh- the shelf exams that you guys take and all that stuff. It does, it does get looked at. It's kind of crazy. Well, the, <sighs> the shelf exams won't be looked at yet. They will be probably in the future. So the overall course, like in our cores, um, like family medicine, they'll see the grade, the overall grade you have in that mm-hmm. core, which obviously the shelf plays a huge role, like 65% of your grade or something like that. But they, as of this cycle, they won't see it. But it's definitely thought that in the future cycles, they will. Is that because um, step one is going to pass fail? Yeah, I've heard a lot of different things about that. Like, <laughs> it, there's all these theories. To, yeah, there's lots of theories, lots of rumors, and it's hard to know what's what's accurate, what's not. Uh, there's definitely some things that I'm, I'm kind of like, I keep coming across that seem like it's more the norm for the specialty. Uh, as far as like how how do you match into that one versus another one? Like, I know it's a little bit of sidestep, but like family medicine, internal medicine, it's probably helpful to do auditions, but not like deal breakers. Like Mm -hmm. I don't think programs are going to only match people who did auditions with them. I think they will definitely interview and match people who've never stepped foot in their hospital ever. So I think that's something that's very, uh, at least as far as internal medicine and family medicine, that's probably true. I can't really speak for psych. Uh, For the surgical specialties, they definitely have this atmosphere of auditions mean everything. You okay there? You just kind of yeah. splinted. <laughs> <laughs> Baby's moving. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, I get, that's the impression I keep, kind of keep getting is that auditions mean everything. It's And some of the people who do surgical specialty auditions do like four or five. And like so like one or two is probably not the ideal number you want if you're just all in for surgery. You want to do like four or five, maybe three can get you by, but that's that's the general rule of thumb I keep kinda of getting from the surgeons and the the surgical specialists. Uh where again internal medicine it certainly doesn't hurt you to do auditions and they certainly can get to know you a little bit and they might give you an edge. But it doesn't necessarily mean you won't match. Uh, but as far as like rumors going forward, like obviously I think auditions are still going to matter a lot in the future, regardless of your step one or step two, or whether step one goes past fail and they stop looking at step one. I don't think any program has a, a clear cut idea of how they're going to eliminate 500 applicants out of their pool. Because, I mean, they get a 1,000 applicants, and they're not going to interview a 1,000 people. That's, no. That's just not going to happen. That kind of goes back, again, back to the red flags. Like, 
anything that can be a red flag on your application can be a reason to get rid of it. And especially going forward with pass fails, it might be a lot easier for them to just go, you know, red flags just get thrown in the trash. That's one more thing we don't have to deal with. Um, and I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do or not, not, but that seems like that's something that programs can go towards. The baby must not be in a very <laughs> good sorry. spot. You keep, <laughs> keep moving around a bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. But yeah, there's there certainly is a rumor that the shelves are being, there's like databases being built at ERAS or something like that for the schools to report. Uh, your shelf exam scores and um, other such things. I know for DO students, there's something that I had a conversation with someone today about. Um, there's apparently programs out there that are like US MLE step scores are the only things that they will accept. And DOs take Comlex and they can take the US MLE. That's just an additional test. Which really sucks. Plus, it costs. There's a cost associated with that, too. So it limits what programs they can apply to. Yeah, so a lot of DOs, if they want to go into certain fields or certain programs, they have to take the USMLE. Um, There's, I think, some rumor going around as well that in Congress there's a, a bill being proposed that programs will have to look at the two scores the same. Or at least have to accept complex as a legitimate score, which I think is only fair, honestly. <laughs> I mean, the only real difference, there's probably some substantial differences between complex and step two, but um, the biggest one I can think of is like just the osteopathic manipulation. Yeah. And it's like, okay, DOs do that, MDs, we don't do that. Um, so. I don't know what the future holds, but it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense that those guys have to do two tests. Um, I've, I've worked with a lot of people from the PCOM, uh, the local PCOM school, um, and they are plenty smart, plenty, you know, there's nothing wrong with DOs, obviously. And this is not, uh, it's not supposed to be a TO percent chat. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we're trying to keep this quick and I'm just going off on tangent. Um, <laughs> So that was something I guess I had heard. Um, yeah, so let me get back on track here. So what did we... We finished our ERAS application yes, last night. <laughs> Everything yes, is submitted. It, Everything is it, paid for. Yeah, so let's. I guess let's talk, chat about that. Because I think initially we talked about doing like 200 programs into the specialty that we're looking at. Uh, at this point... I'm not going to lie to you guys, the viewers, like I'm, I'm playing my cards very close to the chest at this point, because at this point I figured, I figure um, program directors might actually listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and I want to match. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, like I have definitely things that I would like to do and I would, like, I would be very happy to do. But there's also other things that I could do and also be like, find a lot of happiness in doing as well. Like, So I'm basically saying, and it's kind of a nice way of saying I might be applying to two different specialties this cycle, but I don't want to give anyone the impression that I'm not adequately committed to one over the other. It's just we figured we'd give one of these specialties a shot and see what happens. And 
if that's what God wants us to do, then it will work out. And if it isn't, then the other one will hopefully work out. <laughs> and, you know, I think we'll be happy in either, either area. I don't think there's one that necessarily is like, oh, man, I, I have to be this one or I have to be this kind of doctor. Otherwise, I won't be happy. I think I will be happy in either one. So. Yeah. So ultimately, I mean, we looked at a lot of different statistics on all of the programs. And I think ultimately what it came down to was we basically applied to any program that the cost of living and the salary were either um, net zero or above. <laughs> yeah, there, there were definitely a few that were like a thousand dollar difference. And there was a couple that we might have looked at that was like, they were a few thousand dollars in the, in the red. Like we would not, it definitely wouldn't be budget friendly, but they were in like locations. I think one of the ones I noticed was Phoenix versus Scottsdale. Whereas like one, you know, it's all in the same kind of city limits area, but one was like $5,000 more cost of living. Yeah, so it's like, so- okay, well I don't, we don't have to live within five minutes of the hospital. Yeah, so that was kind of ultimately what it came down. We didn't get to 200 applications. We got close. I think we're at like 175 or something like that. But um, that was ultimately what we did because we decided that it was better to throw throw more applications out there and have more of a chance of um, getting interviews and matching than it was to be super picky on location or state or whatever. Um, Obviously we have our preferences (laughs) and when it comes down to rating programs based off of where you've interviewed, we would obviously rate based off of like what program we like the best, where we would rather live, um, all the other benefits that we have on that spreadsheet. Yeah, and some of that had to, you know, there was definitely places we signaled, and we definitely, there was definitely some states that were like, we're applying to everything in this state. (laughs) Um, Like, I think Georgia was one of those states, because we live in Georgia. Um, There's obviously a a nicety to not have to move very far, and there's also a, a a residency status where it's like, we're residents of the state, we generally have a better chance of getting you generally, you quote unquote, have a better chance of getting a residency in the state that you currently reside. So let's not pass it by any. There was probably a couple programs we did not apply to in Georgia. Um, the one that comes to my mind is Emory in Atlanta. There was an Emory in a different city that was like a brand new program. But like Emory in Atlanta, we, um, did not apply to. It was not on match of residence, uh, which did not surprise me. Uh, Emory is kind of like the Ivy League school of the South. Was I mean, I, I'm going to sound super ignorant by saying that, but um, <laughs> my impression of Emory is that it's very um, like Harvard-esque in this area. It's very looked upon as the highest of the highs uh, where you can go to medical school. So... Uh, we don't have, you know, the IMGs in general, and then we don't have the numbers. You know? <laughs> so I think it wasn't on our list for probably various reasons. Uh, that may, might be, you know, plus or minus a few programs in the state that we did not apply to. But 
Yeah. And like there's other states like South Carolina, North Carolina, and Tennessee that were that we saw a lot of applications going that direction too. Yeah. And I mean, as much as Match Resident is a good program, it is not um It's not perfect. It's not it's not perfect by any means. Like I we applied to a couple programs that were not on our curated list from them because when we were like, why isn't that one on there? And we would go look at the website for the program. We're like, well, we meet all the requirements, so I don't know why that one's not on there. So we're just going to apply anyways. Well, um, fair, and to be fair, like the representatives that we talked to from Match Resident, when we, when we inquired initially about at least one of the programs, said that, oh, well, we reach out by phone and talk to the program themselves and we get some information directly from them about, you know, what kind of statistics they typically like to look for, uh, what kind of numbers they like to look for. And so that's what we use to calculate, you know, whether you're a match for that program. So we, we definitely added some programs that were not on our list either, um, just because of uh, either personal connections with those programs or uh I don't know. We we threw a few on there that were not on Match a Resident, just because of kind of un- intangibles that we had for those programs that Match a Resident can't calculate for. Yeah, yeah. So overall, I think we are happy with the application. <laughs> yeah, and we might be on the high. I, looking at our peer group, like I don't know. What do you think? I mean, we've a sample size of like five, but yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think we threw out the most applications, but I think that, I mean, we, <laughs> to be fair, we have maybe more to lose if we don't match because we will be a family of seven. We don't really have a, like, fallback. I mean, we will make it work if, if we don't match, but, like, we don't really have much of a fallback, whereas um, others are... Singles are, single. yeah. Find and, a, a job to make the ends meet until you can match it next year or whatever. Yeah, so I think we might have a healthier dose of fear. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean we're not nervous. I mean, we. I, I went through. We we had spent basically the better part of uh, last end of last week. I think on Saturday when I was home, mm-hmm. and uh, yesterday and. Day of Sunday, I guess, just kind of going through the list, and like initially we were aiming for the two hundred uh, range of programs, and we were doing what, like what Karen said, uh, we were looking at the cost of living, subtracting the the salary of the resident, which may not be exactly accurate because your your resident salary is pre taxed. So, yes. <laughs> so we were, you know. We have a, a, a strong ability to make things work, you know, um, so maybe we, we can be under that cost of living line that we drew, but we essentially didn't want to go too far below that, uh, too far below zero, essentially. And so we we really just scraped up all the programs that we liked that were above zero, and we came to around one 50 or so we found a few extra that kind of push us up to 178 and you know that's where we're at uh, we and we submitted it yesterday so like it's the applications are basically due tonight we're recording this on the 27th so when you listen to it on the 28th the application should have already been submitted um 
I believe at nine o'clock East, East Coast times, programs will start get their first look at the applications. So that's like basically the floodgates open. Your application is out there. Everything has to be packaged with it. You know, the letters of recommendations, the USMLE transcripts, everything. Everything is going to the programs. And that's the first chance to take a look at you. Some programs will take in that first group and never go back and look at the database again. So, so you want to be it's in that first group. It's a little terrifying. <laughs> it is. Uh, but you got to, again, you got to think about it like, Every student knows that that's the deadline. That's the date that everything comes due. And so maybe you're a more competitive program. You're already going to get like two, 3,000 applications. And you only really want the application from the people who were prepared. <laughs> so, that's true. Um, and I know that kind of it stinks for some people because some people are still working on getting their good letters or recommendations or the slows, like emergency medicine people typically need slows in order to um, be competitive. So a lot of those people are like trying to get those things all put together at last minute. And sometimes things are out of your control. Like what if your one of your preceptors did not write you a letter? Like when they said that they would write it and they still haven't and they can't get a hold of them, what do you do? <laughs> well, you, you submit everything and you send that letter a little bit late. You know, it, it, so you don't want to be too far past the date um if you can help it you want to be and so and we kind of figured we could you know be working on this tonight you know doing the fine-tuning the 27th the night before the applications go live but you know there's probably thousands of uh tens of thousands of medical students who are doing all the same things that we're doing and we don't the website can only handle so much traffic before it just collapses. <laughs> and so we don't, we don't want to be with the, you know, feeling the panic if the website shuts down because there's too many people on it and like just feeling the stress of like, Oh my gosh, our application is not going to be in on time. We're not going to get that first look. We're not going to be in that first batch. What in the world? And of course you would think that once, you know, we've, we submitted the application yesterday, and we paid probably, gosh, it's like four thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, something like all that. All the application is some some outrageous number. Um, on one hand, you would think like, oh, maybe we're we're feeling more confident and we're less anxious now. It's out there, and we can sit back and relax and wait for the app. You know, the interview requests to come rolling in or whatever. And it's like, no. Nah, you're still still exhausted, still anxious, still exhausted. You're still just like, oh my gosh, did I did I screw it up? <laughs> should I <laughs> should I have said something different? Should I have reworded these things? Uh, should I have applied for a different specialty? You know, like oh, is my backups really good backups or you know whatever it is? Like you're everyone's got that mindset. Like I talked to some people the other day and they had. They said that they definitely recommend people to have backups. Like this is somebody who was in a, a surgical specialty, and he was like, "Yeah, I would recommend people to have backups just in case because some of these specialties are really competitive, and you don't want to not match." And so, I'm sure everyone thinks about that. <laughs> you know, at this about this time, it's like, "Oh man, am I am I overreaching?" Because if I'm overreaching, then I'm not going to match, and that's just. That's a disaster waiting to happen, right? 
And it's funny because even the preceptors kind of know that that's they have a sense that this is, that, that's the season. And because I'm on another sub eye right now, and again we're playing the cards a little closer to the chest at this point. But all the preceptors at this sub eye, they know the applications are coming out here pretty soon. They're not exactly sure what day, <laughs> uh, but they're, they're pretty aware of it. They're like, Oh yeah, this is the time when the med students get like really anxious. And they're just like, they've worked four years and this is the moment that matters. <laughs> yeah. Cause it is. I mean, you, you spent four years in medical school and you of course had to compete generally speaking to get into medical school. You had to work hard in medical school and now you're at this point where, like, matching is everything. You don't match. You don't become a doctor. <laughs> I mean, you you can. It's just you have a different course. So, uh, uh, that needless to say, I'm still nervous. Uh, I don't. I'm, I I can't think of anything else I would do differently. No, I, I think we did. I mean, we started our personal statement sooner as opposed to later. You had three different people look over it. You had somebody look over your application besides me. And we applied. Use a lot of edits. <laughs> it was we a lot applied of wide. We applied wide. So I don't know, like, at this point, I don't know what more we could have done to so I mean, like make that. the application better. Yeah, I know some people might think about whether or not you should do like a, a backup, you know, like a lot, some people will do like family medicine as a backup or something like that. Um, and I know if you get really, really nervous, you're like, oh, I'm going to for at least 10 applications into family medicine. So if, if my other goals don't pan out, then I'll, maybe I'll land in the family medicine program. Uh, but I, I don't know, looking at it and really like, I, I put so many applications out in the fields that I'm, pretty interested in i think i have a pretty good shot at i don't think i need to drop down to a different um like family medicine deserves residents who actually want to be family medicine docs yeah uh, they don't need to have another guy who <laughs> is using them as a backup to in case things don't work out that's fair so <laughs> uh, we have Eric has another what three and a half weeks in this rotation, and then he will be home. <laughs> Yay! Um, and then I think your next one after this is radiology, which will be nice because that that'll be around when I'm due, and I think that one is online. So um, hopefully he'll be able to be there for the birth. <laughs> we still need girl names. Hit us up <laughs> if you think of anything brilliant. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're not doing particularly great. At. I mean, I think there's a few names that I've liked that you're like, meh. And then there's a few names that you've liked that have been about the same. So it's it's been a struggle. Yeah. Well, and to to be fair, we have been concentrating a lot on the ERAS application and the away rotations and all of that. So, yes, we have five more weeks. To figure something out. <laughs> yeah. On the, on the bright side, this this current uh, away rotation is not nearly as stressful as my previous one. Like, I have a lot more time to myself, you know, outside of the rotation. So, 
whereas the other one was like six days on and working relatively 12 to 14 hours a day. This one seems to be a little bit less, like quite a bit less. Yeah. Like uh, I think yesterday I didn't, I didn't actually go in until like one. I, I didn't get, get off, off until like, seven. like 7.30. So, I mean, sure. Oh, apparently, I didn't tell you this, but apparently the guy I'm, I'm living, renting from, he he was worried about me last night because he was like, oh. he's not home yet. He's not home yet. He, did he die? I killed a kid. I killed a kid <laughs> this right now. <laughs> he could have just texted you. <laughs> I know, but cause I think after I got off, I went to like Target and I went and get, got food and didn't get home until a little bit later. Uh, and I, I came from like the hospital on the opposite side of the city. So yeah, it took me a little bit to get back here. So anyway, sorry, that was a little bit of a ram- rant and ramble, but <laughs> it's yeah. been... I think this one's good. I mean, it's nice to have something a little bit l- less stressful after you had a really stressful one. I mean, you're still trying to make a good impression, but you have some time to study up on the, the patients that you are seeing and what they are presenting with and maybe present yourself a little bit better and more knowledgeable than <laughs> yeah for sure for so, sure you're trying to you're trying to do all that but, but going into the next few weeks we're just trying to get through this next residency or not residency next um <laughs> away rotation and um get ready for baby yeah and baby Interviews. Interviews, hopefully. Hopefully interviews. <laughs> well, interviews probably won't be to the middle or end of next month. Yeah, who knows? Um, but I know that does it does mean since the program is out looking at the application starting this week, um, that I will need to be checking my email frequently because I've been told that if you get an email, an invite for an interview, you got to respond quick. And sometimes they will fill up the spots and then you won't have an interview. So, Oh, that's interesting. Well, how does that work with like rotations? <laughs> I mean, everyone understands fourth year is a special time. A special time. You can have your phone <laughs> on you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think, is there anything else you want to talk about no. this week? Or you think that about does it? No, I think that about does it. We're, Eric, I think, is going to try and work on getting those special episodes edited and out here within the next few weeks. Yeah, um, something that we promised that we would have in case this last week's situation would arise and I never got around to editing the two special episodes. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get those edited and get those out within the next couple weeks for you guys. And... um, all the excitement (laughs) has kind of gone. So um, we're just back in rotations. Um, But yeah, if you guys have any questions or ideas or comments about ERAS applications or anything else, the way rotations, how to get them, all that stuff, Shoot us a message on Instagram, MedFamilyMD, or um, and we'll try and either address it in a podcast or just address it straight to you. Um, yeah. If you want to rate us on Apple Podcasts, we appreciate that. Uh, 
we're not getting paid for any of this stuff. We don't have like advertisers or anything like that. So, uh, but anyway, we can get this out to a few extra people. That's always nice. But you can download our podcast and subscribe to it on uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, any of the major podcasting sites. Yeah, uh, we will talk to you maybe next week. Bye, guys.